0: The big lie about Trump. What could be so bad to justify all this? Quote, We must not confuse dissent with disloyalty. We must remember always that accusation is not proof and that conviction depends upon evidence and due process of law. We will not walk in fear one of another. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. If we dig deep in our history and our doctrine and remember that we are not descended from fearful men, not from men who feared to write, to speak, to associate, and defend causes that were, for the moment, unpopular, end quote, Edward R. Murrow. Any honest person knows that the federal indictment of Trump is shockingly weak. Worse than that, it's yet another lie pushed on Americans about Trump. Trust me, I know. I used to be one of them. We started lying around 2012, once we realized just how powerful Twitter was to manufacture the narrative we wanted. We rescued Obama's second term by turning Mitt Romney into something he wasn't. That was a newfound superpower. We could manufacture the reality we wanted. The price we would pay over time was to slowly but surely become disconnected from the truth. Lying became like heroin. We needed higher and stronger doses for it to be effective. It couldn't just be Dick Cheney as a war criminal or W. Bush was president select. It had to be Trump is not just an existential crisis, but an invasion of our country. And that meant we would have to go to war. And in the fog of war, anything goes. Whose country did Trump invade exactly? Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and nearly all of American cultural and political elites, not to mention generations who came of age online who only knew Obama as their leader. But Obama, as you can see, is more than just an elected leader. He's more like a king by now or a god. His influence is felt everywhere, every day. It's his America the utopians or woke topians believe they're fighting for. There's just one problem. They have decided it's perfectly fine to disenfranchise millions of Americans who also get to decide whose America this is. Would it be an America built on moral superiority and virtue signaling? Or would it be an America built on people being able to say what they wanted to live the way they wanted? What happened to the political junkies online who kept coming for Trump day in and day out? So they got kind of strung out. Just look at how crazy they are, these TikTok users, flying high on their latest hit, getting so close to finally ending Trump. I can't even explain how I feel right now. That motherfucker's been tormenting us for eight fucking years, and it's about time he pays for his crimes.
1: Ugh...
0: I feel joy and everything just oh.
2: can there be anything more satisfying on a deeply spiritual level than
0: watching a man of obscene wealth and privilege who has used his power to hurt other people and to elevate himself who's never known a day of need or want in his life who has flaunted social norms and laws
2: manipulated the system because he can suddenly experiencing
3: inescapable, unavoidable consequences. I don't know if I'm ready for it, but it's coming for him.
0: We're all going to get to
3: watch.
4: I'm not here to make jokes about the Donald Trump indictment because it's not funny. And the things he's being charged with are very serious. And in my personal opinion, he's screwed. I don't need to see or hear evidence that donald trump is guilty i know donald trump is guilty because i know donald trump i love you trump
2: i know this happened like two months ago but anytime i have a shitty day or i'm feeling bad about myself i just go back and watch these videos of trump supporters crying over his indictment and for some reason it just makes me really For real though, if you're crying actual physical tears over Trump being indicted, you need to go to therapy like yesterday.
0: But they're still lying. Do they even know they're lying anymore? Or have the lies become their only reality by now? Here's the truth. This charge isn't serious enough, no matter how much certainty, faux seriousness, bluster and hysteria they pile on top of it to warrant tearing our country and our democracy apart yet again. Yes, our democracy, and our country. Here's another truth. There aren't many Americans who could survive the level of scrutiny the media, the security state, the Democrats, the rhinos have thrown at Trump before, during, and after he served the country. Find something. Finding any crime became the directive, as though they were hunting down Al Capone and finally getting him on tax evasion. Trump's crime isn't anything they've charged him with officially. It was winning the 2016 election and humiliating King Barack and Queen Hillary. For that offense, he's been turned into Goldstein in 1984. Shout his name.
3: But even as we grasp the victory, there's a cancer, an evil team growing, and
2: spreading in our midst. Shout, propaganda. Shout! Shout out
0: his name. But all of it has been nothing but lies from the outset. How do we know? Because they had to manufacture a lie before Trump even took office. They had to pretend the Steele dossier was true and run with the story. The Democrats announced they were going to impeach him even before they took the House in 2018. They protested wildly, violently in the street on his inauguration day. That tells you everything you need to know about what came after. This was never a serious investigation, just like whatever other charges they're throwing at him in Georgia or from January 6th won't be. We know the game by now. They can't fool us. Even if the charge sticks and he is convicted, they're still lying. They've lied about everything, the protests, the vaccine, COVID... They've lied about people, about their surveillance network, about journalists and scientists and the FBI's involvement on January 6th. Their lies will have enormous consequences. Their blatant corruption seems to know no bounds. No one at the New York Times or the Washington Post humiliates them. They will keep going. Here is Glenn Greenwald on the blatant hypocrisy by the government when it comes to Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump
2: than two hours before she boarded Air Force One for her joint, first joint campaign appearance with President Obama. What a gift. What a stroke of luck. On a day of high political drama in Washington, Mr. Comey rebuked Mrs. Clinton as being, quote, extremely careless in using a private email server, as using a, prime, a private email address and server. He raised questions about her judgment, contradicted statements she had made about her email practices, said it was possible that hostile foreign governments had gained access to her account and declared that a person still employed by the government, Mrs. Clinton left the State Department in 2013, could have faced disciplinary action for doing what she did. To warn a criminal charge, Mr. Comey said, there had to be evidence that Mrs. Clinton intentionally transmitted or willfully mishandled classified information. The FBI found neither, and as a result, he said, quote, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor could bring such a case. Earlier today, Hillary mocked this investigation. She promoted a hat that said, butthurt emails, which is a phrase used by liberal pundits to blame the media for Hillary Clinton's loss in 2016, saying that they excessively focused on this investigation, that it was no big deal, that she mishandled classified information. Precisely because everybody knows that mishandling classified information is a joke. It's what people do in Washington every day. And not only did liberal pundits think she shouldn't be prosecuted for it, they were enraged that some media outlets, including the New York Times, even reported on it and made it seem like it was a big deal. To the point where but her emails became an inside joke among liberal journalists, excuse the redundancy, because that was their way of saying... Oh, Trump is this evil fascist and white supremacist, but her emails. In other words, the media was too even-handed in their coverage of the election by not only focusing on Trump's alleged wrongdoing with Russia, which turned out to be baseless, but on Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified documents as well because everyone views the mishandling of classified documents in Washington by powerful people as a joke. The only people who go to prison for that are low-level people who act with noble motives like Edward Snowden or Julian Assange or Chelsea Manning. Powerful people who leak all the time get slaps on the wrist, like David Petraeus and Sandy Berger and Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden.
0: Did Adam Schiff or Peter Strzok or James Comey or any of them face any consequences whatsoever over the phony Russiagate story? No. Their lies were ignored by the mainstream media. Jen Psaki and Rachel Maddow still pushed the lie. Whose job is it to hold the powerful to account? Vivek Ramaswamy expresses what so many of us feel. With due respect, I think it is shameful that I, as a competitor to President Trump in this race, have to ask questions
2: that the media isn't asking. The job of the political media, if it has one job, is to hold the U.S. government accountable. we know that. Instead, we're doing the bidding. You're seeing the media doing the bidding of the U.S. government. Ask the question. Get to the bottom of what Biden told Garland and what Garland told Jack Smith. If the same shoe fit the other foot, you would not take their word at face value. Do not take their word now. Get to the bottom of it. Let's actually restore journalism in this country. That's what's actually missing is getting to the truth.
5: Okay. Thank you for that. We are absolutely asking these questions. Good.
0: But worse than even lying, our government has disenfranchised millions of voters who deserved fair representation during Trump's term and deserve the opportunity to vote for their candidate of choice without the government interfering or meddling in yet another election. They're third by now, to try to influence the outcome. This is what dictators do when they do not trust the people to make the right choice. That makes them, not Trump or MAGA, the true existential threat. Tulsi Gabbard sums it up best. I love our country, and
5: I've proudly sworn an oath twice. First, as a soldier enlisting because of the terrorist attacks on 9-11, And again, as a member of Congress, where I served for eight years, that oath swearing to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So when we look at the threats that we are facing today, those threats to our freedom, those threats to our Constitution, they're not coming from some far-off land or some foreign country. Those threats are coming from within. And they're coming, unfortunately, from people who do not share our love for this country, who don't share our appreciation for our God-given rights and freedoms that are enshrined in the Constitution. And so they are willing to sacrifice all of it in their ambitious and selfish hunger for power. And it's because of this that we are here today— facing an unprecedented moment where a sitting president of the United States has taken action abusing his power to direct the federal government and justice system to be used against his major political opponent in the midst of a presidential campaign, charging him with multiple crimes with an election right around the corner. This is not something that should happen in the United States of America. And it could be the final cop Nail in the coffin of our democracy. Now, President Biden likes to talk to us about how he is a champion for democracy, both here in the United States and around the world. But when you look at his actions, it tells a very different story. Obviously, his administration's indictment of his primary political opponent and President Trump and their ongoing efforts to target political opponents and limit free speech These actions remind us of the things that we see more of in authoritarian regimes in other parts of the world where it's almost commonplace to wield the power of the state to silence or eliminate opposition. Now, we know that the heart of a functioning justice system is that if a law is going to be enforced, it needs to be enforced equally across the board. That's not what we're seeing here. So my question for biden supporters and the the tv talking heads and pundits who are celebrating this indictment of president trump saying hey no one is above the law my question for them is where were you when james comey decided not to charge hillary clinton with any crimes even after speaking at great length about her many offenses mishandling high-level national security documents where were your calls for accountability when President Biden himself was found to be holding classified documents in his own home and in other locations. Where were you when James Clapper and John Brennan lied under oath to the United States Congress? And what about the accountability for the 51 senior former intelligence officials who intentionally made this baseless public statement at the behest of the Biden campaign with the specific intent of withholding information, the content of Hunter Biden's laptop from voters, labeling it as Russian disinformation. How many times have we heard that before? Because they did not want us to be influenced by what was there and potentially have that impact the way that we voted in that election. And what about accountability for the FBI, those in the FBI who knowingly spread the Russia collusion hoax to try to undermine President Trump? It is heartbreaking to stand here with you today knowing that these are just a few of the examples. This is not a complete list, but it's evidence of the arrogance and blatant disregard for the American people, the rule of law, and our democracy that those in power have. This is why these things that I'm talking about, this should not just be of concern to Republicans. This is something that should be of concern to every American who values the rule of law, who understands that it's essential for our democracy.
0: And never once did any of them even ask why Trump was popular to begin with, or why so many would have not just voted for him in 2016, but again in 2020, and probably again in 2024. Don't those people matter even a little bit to our government? no as tucker carlson so beautifully and accurately explains
6: the picture is from a town called butler pennsylvania it's 35 miles north of pittsburgh the president held a rally there over the weekend butler's like a lot of places you'll find in this country once you head inland from the coasts it's a former industrial town they made pullman rail cars there for many years but it's been losing population for decades there's still a lot of nice people in butler for 60 grand you can buy a decent house there It's a place you might be happy in. But our professional class is not impressed by Butler. They don't consider Butler, Pennsylvania, or places like it, the future. To them, places like Butler are embarrassing relics of a past best forgotten. The men of Butler may have built this country, and they did, but they mean nothing to our leaders now. You can be certain of that because when large numbers of people in Butler started killing themselves with narcotics, no one in Washington or New York or Los Angeles said a word about it. And so it continued. There have now been so many opioid deaths in Butler that a few years ago, residents built an overdose memorial in the middle of town. MSNBC didn't cover that. So given all of that, it was interesting how the people around Butler feel about Donald Trump. Here are the pictures of the president's rally there on Saturday night. Tens of thousands of people came. So many people that the crowd obscured the horizon. It looked like a visit from the Pope. When was the last time a political speech drew that many people? Well, the media didn't ask. Instead, they attacked the rally as a super spreader event. Trump endangers thousands in Pennsylvania. OK, we'll leave the epidemiology to CNN. But the question still hung in the air. Why did all those people come? Why? They must have known that Donald Trump is the most evil man who's ever lived. They've heard that every day for five years. They know that people who support Donald Trump are also evil. They're bigots, they're morons, they're racist cult members. They know that Americans have been fired from their jobs for supporting Donald Trump, not to mention kicked off social media, belittled by their kids' teachers, shunned by decent society. Only losers and freaks support Donald Trump. People in Butler knew all of that. But on Saturday, they went to the Donald Trump rally anyway. Why exactly did they do that? We should be pondering that question deeply as we watch tomorrow's returns and as we live through the aftermath of them. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They're not deluded. They know exactly who Trump is. They love him anyway. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills, who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been A LIVING INDICTMENT OF THE PEOPLE WHO RUN THIS COUNTRY. THAT WAS TRUE FOUR YEARS AGO, WHEN TRUMP CAME OUT OF NOWHERE TO WIN THE PRESIDENCY. AND IT'S EVERY BIT AS TRUE RIGHT NOW. MAYBE EVEN MORE TRUE THAN IT'S EVER BEEN. AND IT WILL REMAIN TRUE, REGARDLESS OF WHETHER DONALD TRUMP WINS re-election. TRUMP ROSE BECAUSE THEY FAILED. IT'S AS SIMPLE AS THAT. IF THE PEOPLE IN CHARGE HAD DONE A HALFWAY DECENT JOB WITH THE COUNTRY THEY INHERITED, IF THEY would CARED ABOUT ANYTHING OTHER THAN THEMSELVES, EVEN FOR JUST A MOMENT, DONALD TRUMP WOULD STILL BE HOSTING CELEBRITY APPRENTICE. BUT THEY DIDN'T. INSTEAD, THEY WERE INCOMPETENT AND NARCISSISTIC AND CRUEL AND RELENTLESSLY DISHONEST. THEY WRECKED WHAT THEY DIDN'T BUILD. THEY LIED ABOUT IT. THEY HURT ANYONE WHO TOLD THE TRUTH ABOUT WHAT THEY WERE DOING. THAT'S TRUE. WE WATCHED. AMERICA IS STILL A GREAT COUNTRY, THE BEST IN THE WORLD, BUT OUR RULING CLASS IS DISGUSTING. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in that picture. That's what's going on in this country.
0: Is it any wonder they had to take out Tucker? I'd like to know the story behind that, but I would imagine that the Dominion lawsuit was not about defamation. It was a targeted hit to remove one of the only voices left that represents the working class. They can keep shutting down voices like Carlson's and destroying the lives of political candidates for the great crime of somehow winning an election. But they'll never be able to understand why it isn't going well for them. Yes, even after all the bluster, the caterwauling, the accusations, he's a racist, a rapist, a fascist, a dictator, a criminal, stupid, fat, small hands. sleeps with his daughter, Russian asset, traitor, insurrectionist, seditionist. Millions still say, yeah, we want the good economy guy. For podcast listeners, a picture of the real clear politics election 2024 showing Trump leading across the field for the GOP primary in Iowa, in New Hampshire, beating Biden, beating DeSantis, beating Harris. The big lie Trump was never the fascist, he was never the dictator. He might have chanted, lock her up, but he never weaponized the DOJ to go through with it like Biden has. He didn't lock up political protesters after the summer of 2020, and he could have. Those who threatened him and his family that summer could have been charged with federal crimes. They weren't. And Trump never took the necessary steps to sabotage his opponent, with the exception of what he calls the perfect phone call. He wanted dirt on Joe. But compare that to what the Democrats, Hillary, Joe Biden, and Obama have done to stop Trump. There is no comparison. Yet to date, they've never been held accountable for any of it. Julie Kelly warns that this is only the beginning, that there is a much bigger picture at play. She would know. For months, she's watched the show trials of the January 6th prisoners, none of whom received or could receive a fair trial. Like Trump, they were accused of being racists and white supremacists. Look at how Joy Reid on MSNBC is positioning the indictment story, adding the right kind of flourish to convict in the court of public opinion before it even gets to trial. For podcast listeners, a tweet by Alex Christie, it says, Joy Reid worries that Trump won't be convicted because Florida, quote, has now become a beachhead for racial extremism. Nazism, open Nazism. The Proud Boys have a huge base in Florida." End quote. It must be sad to live your life thinking everyone's a Nazi. Julie Kelly has been warning that this is a well-coordinated attack, much like the well-funded cabal to rig the 2020 election, and that it's all a big setup to charge Trump as a traitor at long last. Here she is one month ago predicting the indictment by Jack Smith with 110% certainty.
2: All right, Julie Kelly, that's a big statement.
0: Hundred percent?
2: Tell me what.
4: I'm sorry, a hundred and ten percent. How's that?
1: Okay.
2: Because look,
4: Charlie, I know exactly what this DOJ is about, and more importantly, I know exactly what these judges have done. They are nothing more, whether it's a Trump appointed judge like Tim Kelly handling the Proud Boys trial, whether it's Amit Mehta, an Obama appointee, all the way down to Clinton and Reagan appointed judges. They are all in cahoots. They are nothing but a rubber stamp. For this Department of Justice, yeah,
2: I totally agree
3: with that. Yeah, and
4: so, and look, you have a grand jury that is going to be made up of the same people who are sitting on regular juries, voters selected from a city that gave Joe Biden ninety-three percent of the vote, that hold Donald Trump and his supporters in open contempt. This includes judges. What they say in these hearings and these sentences are outrageous. To your point, where are the Republicans? I have been banging, the gr- especially for the past year, about these judges. Look what the left is trying to do to Clarence Thomas and uh, every conservative on the Supreme Court. Yep. I mean, they have had the full court press. I can't even get one House Republican to denounce the chief judge of the D.C. District Court who sets special pretrial detention guidance for Trump supporters. These I can't even get them to write a Julie. letter worthless. about the- it.
2: These people are so worthless. They are. Yes, they and are. so so let's we, we we're unlimited time. So I'm just going to kind of push this forward. Can Donald Trump run if he's under federal indictment or if he's under federal conviction? Federal, your thoughts.
4: He can certainly run under federal indictment. Um, I think the conviction part is a little sketchier with insurrection, um, but he can certainly run uh, if he's charged. And I think even convicted on most of these counts.
0: They can keep going down this terrifying path, assuming power that never belonged to them and lying to themselves. They might be able to fool the media, and maybe the Democrats, but they can't fool me. I was there for all of it. I, too, went after Trump constantly. It's all there on my medium account, the whole ugly history of what I used to believe. For the past three years, I've been living a nightmare. I've come out from the cloistered unreality of the bubble on the left, And I know what is true and what isn't. Yet I can't tell anyone about it because they look at me like I'm crazy. They have what I used to have with them, a shared reality. It's just that it's not all of America's shared reality anymore, which is why Hollywood can't tell stories and why the Biden administration has become a woke cult. The people around him are sucked into the bubble of the left. But somehow Trump is still able to reach people Biden never could. He shares their reality, but he also understands all too well the reality of the elites because he comes from that world. That makes him far more trustworthy to them than anyone inside the bubble of the left who treat them like human garbage at best, domestic extremists at worst. It's hard to know what the end game is here, beyond what Walter Kern with Matt Taibbi refers to as the Great War finally taking complete control of the information stream.
3: This looks like the creation of a one-party state in conjunction with corporate power. Uh, I I don't know how else you describe it. Um, And uh, will it, you know, will it cause America to feel more secure in its sense of our democracy being an honest project? Not at all. It it, it is... it's going to breed cynicism at levels you couldn't even imagine before because frankly i couldn't imagine these projects even occurring <laughs> before i mean these were not these are not these are what they call in you know math or physics discontinuities they they could not have been expected 5 10 years ago they they they're rather sudden developments that uh that show a new uh a new fusion of power in a, a new direction that wasn't that we couldn't anticipate. Right. Um, so, so with the Trump story, here's what I expect. Just to be uh, very specific, if you go off your nut on Twitter as a Trump supporter and say, "This is it. I've had it." I don't want to be a part of this country anymore. We need to find a new way. Here comes a civil war, et cetera. Well, your demerits are piling up pretty fast. Um the knob turners are watching at every step as anger and disgust uh mount, and you know, should any of this uh emerge as real conflict? You know, somebody pulls out a gun. Uh, There is a clash between uh, Antifa and whoever, the Patriot Front. And then people weigh in on that or start to align themselves around, you know, incidents. We're going to have a mushroom cloud of anti-disinformation warfare. and, and I fully expect that's what we're looking at. I mean, I don't want to be alarmist, and I don't want to add to the tension around this incident, but I, pattern recognition and just past uh, behavior tells me that we're entering a period in which the uh, interference with our conversation as our conversation grows especially intense due to things like this indictment is, is going to reach record levels. Um, in other words, we're not looking at, we're not looking in the rear view mirror at a departing uh, phenomena that we saw in the Twitter files somehow neutralized and are washing Watching wash away. No, that was the mm-hmm. fetal larval stage of what we right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, it's the fetal lar. And, and and every weapon system awaits its war. Um, and the weapon system that is the anti disinformation complex, and it's right to call it a weapon system because, to a large extent, it's been framed as a security and a national defense. Um issue uh, its war is coming
0: are we becoming 1984 or is the end game a version of the midterms where they put the GOP in a position to rally behind Trump just so they can drive the fear of hysteria enough to raise yet more billions to defeat him does Biden want out of the 2024 race but won't step down unless Trump is out of it then they can bring in Gavin is that the plan maybe But if Trump is out, DeSantis will be the nominee, and he will wipe the floor with Gavin. It's 1954, only worse. In 1954, Puerto Ricans shot up the Capitol as an overt attack on the United States. What did they want? Full freedom for Puerto Rico. They were charged and convicted of seditious conspiracy. The only other people who have been convicted of this very serious crime were Islamic terrorists in 1993. To save their ass, our weaponized and corrupt DOJ charged American citizens with seditious conspiracy for January 6th. That was another lie. If anything, it was an attack on the ruling oligarchy that now believes it has the power to control our country. But it doesn't. All of these convictions should be overturned, and these prisoners must be pardoned. These are American citizens, political protesters, and we don't do that in America. We have the right to protest, and if those protests become violent, then there should be adequate punishment, but not seditious conspiracy. 1954 was also the year J. Robert Oppenheimer was hauled in front of a government panel and questioned over his loyalty to the country for his hesitation to build the more powerful H bomb and to urge our government to de escalate. For that, they turned on him and prosecuted him, as 20 million Americans tuned in. Albert Einstein told Oppenheimer he should walk away, that he'd fled Germany too, and that when the government becomes oppressive, it isn't worth fighting. But Oppenheimer refused, telling Einstein, This wasn't Nazi Germany. He loved this country as much as he loved science. Einstein called him a fool, Oppenheimer continued to have faith in our government, that they would do the right thing and reward him for his loyalty. But they didn't. They revoked his security clearance. Gone was his legacy as one of the most brilliant scientists. Gone was his faith in the country he loved. In 2022, perhaps because the film Oppenheimer is set for release this summer, they finally vacated the charges, quote, In 1954, the Atomic Energy Commission revoked Dr. Oppenheimer's security clearance through a flawed process that violated the Commission's own regulations. As time has passed, more evidence has come to light of the bias and unfairness of the process that Dr. Oppenheimer was subjected to, while the evidence of his loyalty and love of country have only been further affirmed." I leave this as a record that some time from now, more reasonable minds will reevaluate the authoritarian actions of the Biden administration against the protesters on January 6, and perhaps on their treatment of Trump. They have no right to accuse them of conspiring to attack the country they love. The other day, a friend of mine, a music critic, casually dropped a photo on Instagram of a concert in the desert that said quote, the one place you can be sure you won't be triggered by a MAGA flag, end quote. Make America Great Again is the flag they wear out of love of country. It's been turned into a symbol of extremism like a Nazi flag. That kind of damage is irreparable and is the power of propaganda, as Goebbels well knew. But nothing breaks my heart more than having both the ability to see who they really are, yet the inability to convince those inside the bubble of the left have become the very people Edward R. Murrow was warning against. They've dehumanized their fellow Americans and confused dissent for disloyalty. But they don't want the truth. They prefer the lie. That's all they know and all they want to know. Thank you for listening to my Substack, .substack sashastone.substack.com And if you're listening on iTunes, please think about leaving a review. I generally post this on Substack, but I know some of you listen on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, to thine own self be true.
1: Is the- too long, maybe you're suffering from a few too many plans that have gone wrong, well don't try to remember how good it all used to be, well don't try to remember how good life used to be. There's a war in your head And it's tearing you up inside Just forget all your schooling It won't give you the key Get all your schooling still enough time And you don't need no ticket And you don't pay no fee You don't need no ticket